Well, I think about America and I think about how God's blessed us. Amen. Not to be taken lightly. Not to be taken lightly. Take your Bibles and turn with me this morning to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. And if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to this morning. John chapter 8. We'll begin reading in verse 28. John chapter 8 and begin reading verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am He, and that I do nothing of Myself. But as My Father hath taught Me, I speak these things. And He that sent Me is with Me. The Father hath not left Me alone, for I do always those things that please Him. As He spake these words, many believed on Him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then, ye, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Then verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. We'll take our text there from verse 36, that last verse, it says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Let Freedom Ring. Well, let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning asking that you would just meet with us in a powerful way. Lord, we thank you for this nation that you've blessed us with. And Lord, truly we stand here today with the freedoms because of others who have fought for the freedoms that we have. We thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you led those pilgrims, those many, many years ago, to settle in this land, that they might have the freedom to do exactly what we're doing this morning, to worship you. Have the freedom not to be controlled by a government to tell us how to worship and Lord, I pray that we would never take it lightly because those freedoms can be chipped away and taken away. And even in the day in which we live, it seems as though some are trying. Father, I pray that we might look to you, who is the author and finisher of our faith, the one that sent his son into this world, that we might have eternal life through Jesus Christ, and that being the greatest freedom of all. But Lord, we thank you most, Lord, for your love to us. And now, Lord, I pray that you bless in the preaching of thy word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You see them. Freedom's a wonderful thing, you know, that we enjoy actually every day. To be honest with you, probably we take it, we take it for granted. Yes. Many times we don't appreciate it until that freedom's gone. We don't appreciate what we have sometimes until it's eroded or destroyed or taken away. You see, freedom comes at a price. And that price is paid by a people or by a person. You know, today we celebrate our nation's independence. Uh, when we proclaimed our freedom as a sovereign nation, many people died to obtain that freedom. That we could have the freedom to gather today and to say what we want. Or, or to be honest with you, for those to say, I don't believe in God or they have the right that's the freedom that we have in this nation. Many have laid down their lives to keep that freedom for us. 
to purchase it, but also to keep it. Most of us are familiar with the Liberty Bell. Liberty Bell was previously called the State House Bell or the Old State House Bell. It's an iconic symbol in the United States, and we think of it often. It was, uh, it's lo it was located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It was once placed in the steeple of the Pennsylvania State House, who which is renamed now as the Independence Hall. That bell today is located across the street in the Liberty Center in the Independence National Historical Park. That bell is one that many looked to when it was first brought over. It wasn't originally made in America. When it was brought over, the very first time that they rang it, it cracked. It was recast uh, by a man named Stowe, Stowe, I forget the other man's name, twice. The crack that you see in it now is not the original crack that cracked in it when it, uh, when it was brought over the first time. That bell stands for freedom in our nation today. We think about it. Many times they would use that bell to call the Continental Congress together to, to do business together uh, and, and to make great announcements and so forth. On July the 4th, 1970, or not 1970, in, in 1776, that bell wasn't rang like a lot of people think it was. It wasn't until the 8th of July that those bells were rang. You see, as the Continental Congress, the Second Continental Congress came together, they, they were basically trying to keep a low profile as they come together, and they voted on the Declaration of Independence to declare the colonies, the 13 colonies, as a nation of independent nation of states. On July the 8th of 1776, bells all across the land began to ring as they read the Declaration of Independence. They believed that this was one of the bells, no doubt, that was rang, besides many others. There's nothing saying that was written down that this was the particular bell that rang it in, but it has become the symbol that we now look at. On that, bill, on that bell, there's an inscription that many people never think about. And never look at. You know what most people, when they think of the Liberty Bell, they think of independence, they think of the crack that's in the bell. That bell, that crack that's in the bell didn't come till later on when they rang it and it broke. It was a, they was ringing it for the, the passing of a, of a man. But that bell has an inscription on it that stands firm today. On that bell is the, the reading, it says Leviticus 25. 10. The whole verse is this, and ye shall howl the fifth year and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee to you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. On the liberty bell, they shortened it and kept this part of it, Leviticus chapter Leviticus 25 and 10, and it, and it is on there, Leviticus 25, 10, says, Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. Today we enjoy the freedoms throughout the land. We enjoy that liberty that was given to us. That 50-year jubilee that was spoken of in Levit Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 10 was 
where they release the bond slaves, where they return the land, where they give back that which had, they had taken for debt or whatever. They were set at liberty and they gained their freedom again. So fitting is it that it would be on the bell that we call the liberty bell in this nation. You see, history records the bondage and the servitude that people of this new America, the colonies, was under. Under the iron hand of Britain, the, the colonies were taxed continually and heavily. It wasn't until the Boston Massacre that they really got enraged. They was already mad. They was already enraged. and already been different scuffles. And it wasn't until after the Boston Massacre that they come together to fight and band together for that freedom. The Revolutionary War began on April 19, 1975. It ended on September the 3rd, 1783. But on July the 4th, 1776, the Continental Congress came together and they declared their, their independence. You see, it's recorded for us in history. History has it and we can go to the history books. We can go to the archives. You can go up into the National Mall. You can go to different places and you can see the recording of these different things that, that have taken place throughout history that we might have freedom. But can I tell you that I hold in my hands the greatest record of any freedom that has ever been given. The greatest liberty that has ever been declared. The Bible is our declaration of independence spiritually and eternally. Man fell under servitude to sin just as man was under servitude to Britain. But man fell under the servitude of sin in the garden. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 says, Wherefore by as, as by one man, that was Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that, we, that all have sinned. So there was a bondage that came. There was no struggle. There was the, no hope because of sin. And, and man went into bondage and was suppressed by sin and wickedness. Romans 6 23, the first part says, for the wages of sin is death. It's talking about eternal death. It's not talking about dying and being planted in the ground six foot, folks. It's talking about eternal death, being separated from God for eternity. That is bondage. That's bondage. Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every single person is under that bondage. From the newborn child unto those who are of great age, without hope, without peace, enemies of God. But the Lord God of heaven is in his great mercy sent his son into the world to redeem us, to set us at liberty, to make us free from the penalty and the punishment of sin. I stand here this morning to let you know, hey, listen, I've been redeemed. I, I, I've been set free. I'm at liberty through Jesus Christ and his shed blood. I want you to understand the greatest freedom. Yes, I praise God for the freedom that we have in America to worship and to have the freedom to do as we please and to move around and do different things. I praise God for that. We had a little bit of taste of what it would be like to be tightened down uh, by the heavy hand of authority back during the COVID. Man, I'll tell you what, praise God we got freedom. Amen. Freedom. But the greatest of all freedom is that that came by the cross. For God so loved the world <clears throat> that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Great freedom. 
You see, I can be placed in a prison. I can be put in bondage in another country and still be free. Still be free. Because you say, well, preacher, if you're locked up, and we know and we hear commonly of different ones in different countries, such as China and different places where they don't have the freedoms that we have, but many of them are just as free as you and I because they know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And they know that one day, yes, they may be in bondage here, but one day they'll be at liberty, they'll be free, set free for eternity in the presence of God throughout their eternity. Amen. Freedom's not free. The name is deceiving. Freedom's not free. It cost. Just as those in the Revolutionary War paid a high price for our freedom as a nation on the battlefields and at home, Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for our freedom for eternity. Isaiah 53 and begin in verse 3 says he was he is despised and this is a prophecy of Jesus Christ he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid as it were our faces from him and he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of God and afflicted but he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, they sung about that, with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to, uh, one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from the judgment, and who, who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was stricken. Was he stricken? He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he, he hath put him to grieve when, he, uh, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. He shall see the travail of his soul and be satisfied by the knowledge, and shall my righteous servant, just, uh, sh shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities." You see, it was the just dying for the unjust. You and me who deserve to die and go to a devil's hell. You and me who have sinned against a holy God. And yet the Lord loved us so much that he came and he died in our place that we might have eternal life. 1 Peter 2 says, in verse 24 says, Who is who, his own self bear our sins and his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, whose stripes ye were healed. All this was done that we might be free. Free from sin. Free from death. Free from the grave. Free from hell. Great freedom beyond what we think of freedom here. Great freedom to know that we'll not spend one day in a, in a lake of fire because we know Jesus Christ. Great freedom knowing that even though this body may die and go to the grave, it's not the end but really just the beginning. Great freedom knowing Jesus Christ is our Savior. 
Only Jesus Christ could give us this great freedom. John 8, 36, which we read, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. This freedom was a battle that was fought at Calvary. We think of the Revolutionary War, and it was fought over mostly, and most of it was fought over in the eastern part of this, of this great nation. And, and we think of how that, you know, Boston and different places where it started there in Boston, the Boston Massacre, and, and on down through uh, 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 the, the coastal states, and, and how the battles raged. It was fought in that part of this country. But the greatest battle that was ever fought for the greatest freedom ever given was on a hilltop called Calvary. When Jesus Christ was nailed to an old rugged cross, that cross was dropped into that hole in that ground. And the Bible says that every bone came out of joint. He was beaten for us. He was spit upon. He was mocked. He was... He was cruelly abused, but he fought that battle that we might have eternal life. He could have came down off of that cross, but he chose victory for you and me. You see, Jesus came forth victorious on the third day from that grave. And because of that, we have freedom. But freedom is something that has to be received. Freedom is something that has to be received. In this country even, yet today, freedom has to be received. You see, back during the Revolutionary War, there was those who went back to Britain. And they never accepted this new liberty and freedom in these United States. There were those who remained in this country after, the, after Britain had conceded the war. But they still remained loyal to Britain and followed after Britain's ways and sent taxes and so forth back to Britain, even though they had liberty here. So many didn't understand. They didn't want to understand the truth of real liberty and freedom that could be theirs. And so they continued on because their whole life had been about uh, that being under the hand of Britain and being controlled by Britain. And, and they thought that they enjoyed the things that Great Britain had for them. And even though they were paying those uh, absorbent taxes and, and under the rule of uh, 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 the parliament and the king and all those over there telling them how they would live and what they would do and even trying to tell them how they would worship and so forth. Tell them where they would live. Go back into history, you find that Great Britain tried to tell those who were in this nation where to live. They basically came in and they drew a line down through part of, the, uh, of, of America all the way down. And they tried to keep everybody to the coast. And they all, people wondered why. And it came out that it was easier for them to reach those people when they, that lived in those areas. And they could keep a stronger hand on them with their armies. Instead of them being spread out all across a great vast uh, country that was before them. You see, Satan wants to keep you bound. He doesn't want you to accept Jesus Christ. And Christian, he doesn't want you to live in the liberty that you have through Jesus Christ. What Jesus Christ did in your heart and life. There's a lot of Christians today who are in bondage. You're not living in liberty they're not living in the freedom of, of knowing Jesus Christ as their Savior. Yes, they've accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they're still under bondage to this old world. 
So many didn't understand. They didn't want to understand the truth of, of real liberty and freedom that could be theirs. Sad to say the same is true of the world around us today. Freedom and liberty is offered to those who will come and receive Jesus Christ as Savior, yet many turn away from the truth of this great freedom and eternal liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing that how many today they, they claim that, oh, I'm, I'm free and I can do what I want to because uh, they have the freedoms here, but they're bound by sin and, and wickedness. It's got a, a hold on their lives. It's the drugs and the drink and the immorality and the ungodliness and all the ways of this world. Got them tied. And only Jesus Christ can set them free. Only Jesus Christ. <coughs> they reject that. John 8, 32 says, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Knowing the truth, what's the truth, preacher? Well, first of all, right here is truth. The Word of God. But Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. By knowing the truth of God's word and by knowing the truth, Jesus Christ, we're set free. Having freedom in our hearts and freedom in our lives. Hey, listen, I can lay my head down at night and I don't have, boy, you just ask my wife, she said, he's out like that. Freedom. People today are under the, the bondage of this world and no freedom in their minds, no freedom in their hearts, no freedom in their soul and, and walking about with, with terrible uh, 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 loads upon them and, and many of them having to take all kinds of medicines to, to calm them down or to keep them from falling apart. And, and it's amazing today how many people are under the bondage of things in this world and that freedom is real and freedom is available. But they reject the one that is freedom. And they turn from the one that can give them liberty. The greatest freedom, the greatest liberty that has ever set in a person's heart and life was set there by Jesus Christ. That's right. Amen. Without that, we have no freedom. We can enjoy the freedoms of this great nation and still not be free. You see, by receiving Jesus as your Savior, you're made free from sin, the penalty of sin, and then eventually in heaven, the presence of sin. In Romans 6, 17 and 18, it says, But God be thanked that, that ye were servants to sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Revolutionary War had its Paul Revere's. You can't hardly think about the Revolutionary War without thinking about Paul Revere. And I don't know what it was like at night as he mounted that, that horse and he began to ride through the country and hollering, the, the British are coming, the British are coming. Can you imagine being in your, in your house at night and maybe the, already in bed and, and you hear this horse that come galloping by and someone screaming, the British are coming, the British are coming. You talk about the hair standing up on your head and the, and the chill going up your back. And Paul Revere and others like him, they rode through the country warning the people that the British were coming and 
setting off the alarm of, of the enemy was about to attack. The enemy was coming and to destroy and to take over and take control. You see, we need some Paul Revere's today to shout the warnings. The first in the warning of the judgment to come and the calling the lost to the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah said it well in Isaiah 58, 1. He says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sin. He says, cry aloud, spare not. Today, people just want you to gather together in a little old church and a little preacher get down there and just really, uh, you're just so good. It's not what the Bible says to do. It says, cry aloud. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Little uh, Charlotte Gibson, she approaches me every once in a while. And she'll say, we're not supposed to scream in church. <laughs> and that didn't work. Then she started asking me, why are you so loud? <laughs> and I said, if you knew how many people I had to keep awake, Charlotte, you would know why I'm loud. Bible says, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Saying, sound the alarm. I'm telling you what, we're living in the last days, folks. Oh, preacher, we've been hearing it for years. We're living in the last days. Amen. I think instead of saying the last days, I, I, I would say the last hours were moving up. The return of the Lord Jesus Christ is near. Very near. When I look at prophecy, when I look at the Bible, and you begin to line things up, and you see everything that's, getting, that's taking place, and, and, and the preparation for so many things, I, I never thought I would really see it come together so quick. You say, well, preacher, when do you think the Lord's coming back? I have no idea. I know, it's, I know He's coming. It might be today. It might be next week. It might be a year from now. It might be 10 years from now. But we're getting close. We're getting close. When you, begin to, when you begin to look at prophecy, you have to look at Israel, and you have to look at what's taking place in light of Israel. And when I begin to look at America and see what, how America is turning against Israel in many ways, and then I go over to Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39 and begin to look at the, the, that battle that's going to be fought there, probably before the rapture of the church, and begin to look at Tarsus and those that are, are called those countries that stand there with their arms crossed while Russia and the other uh, Iran and, and Iraq and those others begin to attack or go into Israel. And you see, you see that America, all they care about is diplomacy instead of standing and doing what's right. And America is listed among them, basically under a different name, but that's America. I see us moving quickly that way and so many other things is pulling together and, and coming together uh, in the prophetic picture. And I, and, and I believe that we have to lift up our voice and say, listen, the Lord's coming back. We've got to warn people. The time is short. We need pulpits as a flame of fire again, calling the lost to the Lord and Christians back to repentance to serve the Lord and to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, it may be you that, that your grandchild or your great-grandchild uh, uh, depends on you getting the gospel to them so that they can know Jesus Christ. Christ your Savior before it's eternally too late. 
It might be you that, that your child or your uh, that or a spouse or a loved one or a friend at work or wherever is depending on you to share the gospel with them that they might get saved so that they don't die and go to the devil's hell. They might be set free. We need some Paul Revere's else today that'll shout from the pulpits and, and across the street and wherever we're at. We need Christians calling on the Lord and seeking revival for this great land. Second Chronicles 7:14, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear, uh, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. We need preachers. We need Christians. We need statesmen. We need politicians calling this nation back to its foundings on the Word of God. The Bible tells us that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And we're living in this nation today, this great nation, and I still call it a great nation because it is. But my friend, it's moving quickly away from the standard on which it was built. It's moving quickly away from what our forefathers had, had, had determined that it would be built upon. It's moving quickly from the from the Declaration of Independence, away from the, the Constitution, away from the great nation, and towards the socialism and the wickedness of this world, and, and, and pushing God out of the way, and, to, and wanting to remove God from everything in, in this whole uh, nation. We need statesmen. We need Christians, politicians, preachers to stand for righteousness. You see this great freedom which... We have in our nation to live free and worship the God of heaven as did our forefathers is under attack. You know, I'm amazed that when you listen to this world now, its version of history, they don't want to mention God. I've got a book in my office that's about this thick. It's called God in America Quotes. And it goes all the way back before our Declaration of Independence and quotes from men and women of God and those who signed our Constitution who, who wrote up the Declaration of Independence and signed it, their quotes. Samuel Adams was one that they called, he was known as the father of the American Revolution and the signer of the Declaration of Independence. He said this, the right to freedom being a gift of the Almighty. The rights of the colonists as Christians may be the best understood by reading and carefully studying the institution of the great lawgiver and head of, Christian, of the Christian church, which are to be found clearly written and proclamated in the New Testament. If you go through and you can look at different quotes, and, and, and I've seen so many, I wanted to put so many of them down and, and read them to you today, but time doesn't, doesn't bear it that we could do that. And so many of them talking about the Lord and saying this nation should be built on the Word of God, should be built on the Lord Himself. We have the freedoms because we had forefathers who stood with the Bible. We have freedom in this nation because they believe what Jesus Christ did for their, their soul was something that could be done for the American people today. The right to live for the Lord. Oh, how we need more men and women like our founding fathers who realize what, what, that it's God who will bless and keep this nation, not the wisdom of man. We need Christians to live godly lives again and not turn their backs on, to the, bond, uh, on the bondage uh, uh, of sin and wickedness to, to turn away from those things. Galatians 5 and verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty 
wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He said, listen, Jesus Christ, Christian Jesus Christ has set you free. Don't go back to the old life. Don't go back to the old ways. Don't go back into that bondage. He said, listen, he set you free. He said, don't become entangled with that again. He set you free. Then in closing, may we once again let freedom ring. That liberty bell was cracked. As I look across America today, I wonder, is liberty and freedom cracked? Is it merely just going to be placed in a glass box for the future to come by and walk and view and say that's what we had at one time? Freedom must be wrung again even as declared by that which is on the liberty bell. Proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. You see, what needs to be today is that we as Christians would declaim and proclaim Jesus Christ to a world that they might have freedom. Let's once again seek the Lord in righteousness for our great nation and for the souls of men. God's blessed America because America had sought him in the beginning. But now even our churches are turning from the truth of his word. Remember what the John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. We need to let freedom ring from our churches, from our homes, from our schools, from our houses of government. But might I say, it starts with you and me on our knees before a holy God, asking the Lord to forgive us as a nation, asking God to forgive us as his people. That we might draw nigh to him. The Bible says if we'll draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to us. And oh, how we need to let freedom ring that others might know the one that can set them free, Jesus Christ. But Christian, you're sitting here this morning. If you're, if you're enchained and by, by the things of this world, you need to realize you were set free from that. Don't let it entangle you. You've been set at liberty. You've been redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for the wonderful love that purchased our freedom. A loving God that so loved the world that he gave everything. We thank you, Lord, for the freedom and the liberty that we have as a nation but Lord, anybody that knows anything about our history knows that we have that because of the liberty and the freedom that we have through Jesus Christ first. And that's why this country was founded. That we might worship you and live for you and magnify you. And Satan is trying with everything he can to stop that freedom. 
Lord, help us to let freedom ring. Help us to share Jesus Christ. Help us to lift up the one that can give freedom to all and set all at liberty. Oh, Lord, I pray that you be with this nation. May it turn its heart back to you. But it has to begin with us. It has to begin at the altar, a place where we'll call upon the Savior. First of all, that you might save us. Secondly, that we as Christians might live for him. Lord, for someone here that doesn't know Christ their Savior, Lord, I pray that they'd come. And Lord, let us take a Bible and show them how they can be set free today and have liberty. Have your will and way, Lord. This invitation I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed?